GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. Intense fog has blanketed the Rock of Gibraltar for the past 24 hours. The Met Officer's Chris Burton explained why. Did you watch the Women's World Cup final? Heartbreak for England, Spain were the deserving champions, but what has the tournament more generally done for young players, and in particular, young girls? And the Gibraltar Fair is in full swing, celebrating community with rides, food, stalls, live entertainment and more. We spoke to the Cultural Services CEO, Seamus Byrne. But first, sessions of the Development and Planning Commission are to remain online with no plans to go back to in-person meetings, as Kevin Ruiz reports. First and foremost, I think, um, to understand the story, uh, the DPC happened in person at the John McIntosh Hall since 2011. It was one of the big commitments to the GSLP government when they got in. Um, they wanted to uh, promote transparency and open up those meetings to the public, which they did. Um, the meetings have been taking place at the John McIntosh Hall since 2011. They migrated online just uh, at the onset of the COVID pandemic, of course, all in-person meetings ceased and that's why they migrated online. Now, all COVID restrictions are now um, have been done away with and the DPC has continued to be online. We've been asking government for a number of months when the intention was to return to the in-person meetings and we got a response finally over the last few days. Um, there's no plans. Government does say... They're considering options for the DPC moving forward, but they say it's very efficient to have them online. It's an efficient use of time. And for the time being and um, going forward, meetings will remain online. Now, as you say, it's a bit frustrating. As a reporter, we follow those meetings closely. I've uh, spent many hours down at the John McIntosh Hall, and it's different. When you're down there at the McIntosh Show, you have no um, possibility of a replay, but being there allows you to... Um, be a more active participant to, to to follow, listen more actively, more closely. There have been many technical hiccups with the live stream since it was launched um, two years ago. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? We get loads of those moments, don't we? Um, we've seen the meetings go offline, um, forced breaks because there's been technical glitches. We have many people who contribute to the meetings. Remember, not everyone is a professional. When you get people... Um, that's the intention of these meetings being public. Members of the public can go and uh, get their points across. A neighbour, uh, somebody who's living next to uh, somewhere that they're, they're planning to build or applying exactly. to build on. Not everybody's computer-verse, not everybody's online-verse, and we have seen many um, people um, not being able to... to, to Take, play an active uh, part and another important um, uh, it, how many it, people it, it might... loses a bit of the cut and thrust no yeah. it's, it's very sort of like one person then the other which maybe as, as the government says is more uh, an, a more efficient use mm. of time but it, as I, I completely agree mm. with you that having both watched online and been at the John McIntosh Hall that, mm. that the meetings are very different and perhaps how many people are not um, lodging complaints or opposing uh, projects um because they are not uh, online savvy um, and they do not know how to take part in these meetings as well. That's one to consider as well. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, town planning stories, we see that every every month when we cover them. They generate a lot huge of traffic. Uh, there's huge interest, loads of reactions. People are concerned about uh, development and uh, the way Gibraltar is developing. So people are very interested. We've had a few comments already on, on a few of our posts. And um, one that did uh, strike me was like... Um, well, the, the line the government says, they're very efficient use of time. And uh, there was one social media user who, who said, um, Gibraltar is very small. How efficient can we get? It doesn't take long to go to the John McIntyre show. Um, you know, um, there's another comment here from Douglas. They have so many connectivity issues like we, see, we experience uh, every meeting. One would have thought the DPC would want to return to in-person meetings. They would be so much quicker. And Charles is saying this is not good. It sets a bad example to a public service which is becoming ever more remote. Um, I mean, the GSLP, in fairness, did commit to live streaming um, DPC meetings in the way they did uh, Parliament back in the 2011 manifesto, then again 2015, and then again 2019. Meetings of the Development Planning Commission will be streamed live online, as we did with Parliament. This innovation will enable the public to see what's happening and what is being Discussed See, now, okay, but, but Parliament, as a as a comparison, Parliament happens, happens in, in person, person, exactly, but is also streamed, exactly. So we're getting the live stream, but we have the you know the the in person element missing. So at a time which is it's really odd as well because at a time when government has approved the not live streaming at least at this stage, I think because of technicalities of the GHA public meetings, which GBC. Uh, for the last few public meetings, we've been recording them and uh, broadcasting them the next day. So um, those meetings are happening in person as well. The public is going down. So what's the difference with the DPC? Why are the public allowed to go do the GHA public meetings, you know, uh, engage, uh, give their... One difference I can think of is that, the, you know, this one involves the, the Deputy Chief Minister, Minister for Heritage, Minister, um, you know, so, so there are people maybe who uh, feel that, uh, you know, uh, when they move from... Uh, place A to place B, they get stopped on the way. They they, mm. they get asked a question about yeah. something else, and and that maybe you know if they do it from their office, you know they they know mm. when it's going to start, and and they can work right up until that point. I I mean I don't yeah. know. That's yeah. obviously yeah. that's obviously the thinking. The right? issue, of course, all the technical issues which we see every month. Um, sound is not it at its best. We struggle to cover the stories sometimes because we can't make out what they're saying. It's not audible. Uh, the the quality is not good enough. Um, perhaps an upgrade if, if uh, those meetings are to remain online. Perhaps we need to upgrade or move away from the um, conference type uh, on-call meeting to uh, something a bit different, no? mm -hmm. um, which makes it easier for the viewer as well to follow. The fog which rolled in yesterday afternoon, Chris. Yeah, so we've, uh, until yesterday, we'd had a, a good few days of Ponyente uh, westerly winds, which uh, had given us some uh, fine sunny conditions. But when we have westerly winds in Gibraltar, it drags the uh, sea away from the rock and that allows uh, cold water to upwell from below. So if you've had that for a few days, the sea temperatures begin to drop. And then when the winds switch back round to an easterly, which happened uh, during the morning yesterday, that humid air that's, that's over the Mediterranean then flows over those cold waters by Gibraltar and bingo, you start seeing some low cloud and fog form. And that really came in yesterday. And because the winds weren't particularly strong yesterday, it really struggled to burn off and then just sat over the rock pretty much mm. all day, especially over the airport and on the eastern side.
It was it was like I was at Sandy Bay yesterday afternoon, and it seemed like it started off clear, and then and then sort of it, it, it sort of greyed over a bit, and then it cleared for about half an hour, and then and then we had this dramatic fog, which uh, you know from from Sandy Bay you, you could just see less and less as you looked out to sea. So the the tankers started disappearing, <laughs> then boats, pleasure craft, which are nearer to you, started disappearing. Yeah. Then it was difficult to see the the paddle borders, which are only sort of <laughs> meters away, and it was quite something. Um, and um, I, I, and it, it made me sort of. You know, I, I was not working, um, but it made me really want to fetch my camera. But I, I resisted because I was with the family. But um, <laughs> it, it reminds me that you, you guys filmed an amazing time lapse last week of of, of the fog um, down from uh, from the runway where you're based, which which gives you a really good view, doesn't it, of of yes. the Levant as it sort of comes in. Yeah, yeah, where, where we are in the air traffic control tower because that's where we're working with air traffic to make sure the the airport is uh, is running safely. We have amazing view across the way and to the Rock of Gibraltar which um, allows us to see the Levanta cloud forming over the rock and also the fog rolling in and out as it comes in off the sea. Were you at work yesterday? Did you did you see it from there? No, because I was watching the football. Oh, of course, yes, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at multitasking, so F- I couldn't have done both. But for different reasons. <laughs> but as I walked across the runway to go into town to watch the football, you could really start to see it uh, sort of gathering uh, to the east. And thankfully, all the flights in the morning got in just before that fog uh, uh, rolled in uh, towards lunchtime, wasn't it? Yeah, and today no impact at the airport. Uh, I believe one flight diverted the early flight uh, from Manchester this morning, just because the fog was so dense. Everyone has seen it this morning, and uh, and sadly, when when the the aircraft can't see the runway when they're coming in to land, it's way too unsafe to uh, to make an approach. Uh, but I believe uh, the, the later morning flights have just got in. Okay, and um, if we look ahead now, weather-wise, uh, what, what are we expecting? So uh, we've got Levanta conditions uh, right through the rest of this week. It probably won't be as foggy as we've seen uh, through Sunday and this morning, uh, just because the winds are going to be a little bit stronger, so that always allows the fog to lift up, especially as we go through the morning and into the afternoon. So expect some low cloud, mist and fog uh, to start the days over the next few uh, days and into the weekend. Uh, hopefully that's starting to burn off and, and give us some very warm but humid sunshine uh, into the afternoons. I just got a photograph from uh, from my colleague Roz. Uh, I looks. I'm not sure if she's where she is exactly, but um, oh, of course she's at the frontier. I, I couldn't make it out because there's no <laughs> imposing rock in the in the background. But uh, apparently there's the, the the fog is is still so intense that uh, that you can't even see the rock from La Linea. Um, we, we, I, I always think it must be quite a remarkable uh, phenomenon for uh, our, our our sort of neighbours to the north to to take in because sometimes it's super localized just over the Rock of Gibraltar and then they've got beautiful sunshine just yeah, metres away. Exactly, the rock makes its own weather basically and that's why it, it can be tricky to forecast the weather here sometimes because it's it's it looks big to us but in the grand scheme of things the Rock of Gibraltar is quite small. But for the time being then for the next day or so Levanta conditions staying with us. Right, and- right through into the weekend perhaps going back to Poniente Sunday and into early next week but obviously that's a long way off at the moment. And more generally um, uh, the, uh, the, the heat this summer has been a talking point is the hottest weather behind us now or um so um because we've got levanta this week that always takes the edge off the temperatures it makes it very humid but we've we rarely see uh, really high temperatures in, in in these conditions so the heat will be reserved to more inland areas of spain probably uh, more towards the western part of andalusia not towards seville which uh, usually does get some very high temperatures at this time of year and in terms of uh, gibraltar um we're now getting you know it's almost september isn't it so uh which is so crazy to think the summer is uh, already getting close to its end so temperatures um you know always struggle to get really really high as we go into september but still plenty of time for some hot weather over the next few weeks good stuff and uh, thank you to leslie who's just sent in a, a video from a, a dramatic eastern beach which is uh, completely 
uh, clouded over again. You, you really can't see out beyond sort of the the groins from uh, from Eastern Beach, um, and and uh, it, it's 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 a, it's always one that people like talking about. And and I suppose you can also hear the the foghorns going off uh, all of the <laughs> yes. The, the and big if you're flying and... from the airport, obviously uh, you're you're, re- you're really uh, interested in what's going on with the weather. If if you got to uh, fly out of here. England's wait to win a first Women's World Cup title goes on after Spain triumphed in the final in Sydney. Uh, Joining me now to discuss that, um, GBC Sports reporter Jose Mari Ruiz and uh, also broadcaster and... I'll say it again, Stefan. Football fanatic, <laughs> Stefan Borge. Does he miss a game? How does he manage it all? Does the man sleep? Or is he just watching everything on catch-up? Well, the game um, was at 12, Jonathan. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, the, the, yeah, this, this game was uh, more friendly, but he watched it all. He watched the whole World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Even the, even the, um, the unfriendly hours. Um, so, so what did you make, Jose? I mean, um, uh, th- I think footballing-wise, they had the more chance. Spain had the more chances. Yeah. They, they, they were the, the worthy winners, creative, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Spain played better, especially in midfield. As a Valsa fan, I will say seven of the players were Barcelona players in the starting eleven. Eh? So a World Cup win for Barcelona as well. There, well, European <laughs> champions, not Barcelona. Yeah, so. and 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 what's remarkable is that some of those Barcelona players weren't actually in the squad just because of the controversy yeah, yeah, that yeah, they yeah. had. Do you yeah. want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I mean there was a controversy where I think it was over ten, ten players, around ten players came up publicly against the coach and his training methods and how he was kind of working with the players and they they asked the AVFA to sack him basically or they would leave and the FA stood by by the manager and I think he only welcomed back three of those players three of the players that publicly spoke out against him I think he only welcomed back three of them yeah so I, I know for a fact that I think like four that would have been for sure in, yeah. in, in, in I don't know the starting 11 or definitely in the squad yeah. were, were absent completely which which speaks to, to the strength that Spain has squad depth yeah yeah I suppose so and I mean Mirai took that team and he's won the World Cup so it's hard to to argue, I guess. I mean, what was going on in the in the changing or so on that the guy was doing so badly? I mean, now it's going to be hard to argue when they've got twenty or so other players saying that the guy is fantastic and he's won the World Cup for them. You know, mm. so yeah. I, mean, I suppose the conversation moves on, really. Mm. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. there was a controversy, a player revolt, but but now the squad. There was a squad that went to the World Cup and they won it. Yeah, it, it, some of the images coming through after the game were were, were were quite telling, I suppose, from that as well because the 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 staff, the managerial staff, the coaching staff were kind of celebrating in in their own little huddle while the players were were celebrating in in another huddle. So there there seems to be um, a divide. Yeah, I, I don't know whether you can call it full harmony, but then they've gone on and won won the World Cup despite that. So mm. obviously. Uh, normally, you'd say in, in most sporting and in team events, you'd say squad harmony plays a huge part in that. But they've 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 moved past this, uh, past this, and they've kind of uh, looked at it from a very professional manner and said, "We want to win the World Cup uh, for ourselves, even though we're maybe behind mm. some of the some of the players who have been been left at home." And and they've gone and they've done that. No, like as Jose quite rightly said, they they played uh, so, very well yesterday. So maybe the conversation will be mm. revisited. Yeah, then. maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, England played well. Moving on to England, they played quite well as well. I think um, in the second half, when they saved the penalty, I thought this is it. Yeah. I mean, they're bouncing back now, surely. Surely it's going to fill the team with confidence. I mean, Lauren James was on the pitch as well, which I think she should have started really just because she's one of those players that can create something out of nothing. But she came on in the second half. She had a few impactful moments. But I mean, England don't know. We're on, 
I wouldn't say unlucky because like we said, I think Spain deserved it. But I mean, a one-all draw in extra time, no one would have batted an eye, really. Well, it's one of those, I mean, you don't need to play the best for 90 minutes to, to, to win a, a match, le, le, least of all a final. No? Sometimes you've got these dramatic finals where, y- you know, you sit back and, and, and you absorb, I say you, uh, a, a team <laughs> yeah. absorbs the sort of yeah. the, the chances, they, they, they know they're not the better side, they know they have to have the rub of the green and they, and they just, they, they have mm. the better of the luck on 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 final day. But that, that wasn't to be for England, it's still a, a massive achievement as opposed to, to reach a World Cup final, but, but heartbreak nevertheless for those players who had won the Euros and and I think where, mm. where their confidence was was fly, mm. was was sky high. No? For sure, it's been an incredible run the last what, um, year or so. And and as all the all the morning papers today across the UK were were pretty much um, synonymous in their message of just how proud the team has made them all across the last uh, month or so. There wasn't any feelings of um, well, obviously there's always a bit of disappointment, but the the pervading feeling was one one of pride, not for for getting that far and doing so well. So well. Yeah, and there, there are always great ingredients um, that that make for amazing stories uh, in, mm. in in World Cups, and um, you know this one has had great rivalries. Um, amazing goals, some some really yeah. Some yeah. spectacular finishes, and 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 also team goals. Um, uh, heartbreak for the runners-up, euphoria for the winners. Mm. Um, t- tell us a little bit about um, uh, about the sp- Spanish captain. What a bittersweet moment it must have been for her. Mm. Yeah, the news coming out after the game. Um, Olga Carmona, captain and and uh, scorer of the, the winning goal, scorer of the only goal of the game. She found out after the game that sadly her um, her, her father had had passed away uh, just before. Before kickoff, uh, the managerial team decided not not to tell her until after the match, and uh, I can't even begin to imagine. No, the just the change in emotions, and, and uh, I, I obviously I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know if it was a sudden thing. It was or, a long. It was a long right. illness. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I suppose in that respect, maybe it makes it better because maybe mm. there had been a conversation beforehand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I suppose um, the the father would have. I imagine wanted it that way. Mm. No, I mean, like if if this is a moment that his daughter had been working towards her whole life, then he wouldn't want his passing to to mm. cheat her of that moment. It's going to be a a, a a a sad day, regardless, because um, I'm sure that um, you know losing a father is is never easy. Mm. But um, that said, there was a, a a moment there for her to to make the most of, and and amazing to think that she scored the only goal didn't know that her father had died and, and, and then found out afterwards. I yeah. mean, but, um, but what a strong player uh, and what a, what a brilliant goal she scored as well. Yeah, um, she took it fantastically, yeah. Uh, the, I suppose World Cups also uh, for, for young players in particular and, and in this case young girls. I mean, I'm sure that it'll have been watched by young boys but with particular interest by young girls because we've never had a World Cup, a Women's World Cup quite like it on the same um, yeah. uh, level. The level of coverage has been fantastic, really, and it's been needed because I think it was harder to watch women's games in the past, and it's been so easy and so professionally done this time around that it's just like you have to watch it because. I mean, why wouldn't you watch it before? I think you mentioned uh, last week that it was maybe you have to look at a stream or to find the women's game and so mm. on. Whilst now it's on BBC One, as it should yeah, be. It's exactly. on ITV, as it should be. There's highlight packages. There's pundits all around, all day long, talking about the games. And they're giving people what they want, really, which was harder to consume before. Mm-hmm. So now it's at a level where it should be at. And I'm, I'm quite a, a sort of a passive uh, consumer, or at least I, I catch up, I suppose, with, with the football uh, highlights afterwards rather than watch too many uh, live matches. But but the quality 
of the football uh, at least uh, uh, caveated with 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 that sort of I've been consuming the highlights, mm. but but those highlights look amazing. Is they I think they certainly work. No, I mean the, the, there's been some standout moments in in most matches, mm. controversies, red cards, all of the drama and the action that that yeah. you know football fans love. No? Mm. So justified to, to to sort of have it on a on yeah. on, on that level of, of broadcasting, but but interesting also uh, that um, we were having a conversation this morning uh, that Gibraltar's um, pubs weren't quite as full as they would have been for a men's World Cup final. I was speaking to Danny who was in Malaga, and he said even in Malaga, as the final was being played, there wasn't the same buzz that you would have had with a men's World Cup final. So it, it's definitely on the ascendancy. It, it, it's it, it, it's it's sort of uh, had its place in the broadcaster's schedule, but it's not quite um, watched by as many as as a men's World Cup yet. But uh, I think that'll be fair to say, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, again, it's it's something which is which is on the rise. As we've uh, touched upon there, this is the first World Cup that's been given such coverage, and I'm sure in in four years' time. Uh, it will continue in this vein, no? And this is something that we can start to expect, and maybe in, in the next Euros as well, we'll have this mm. kind of. And also, it's something. Um, uh, th- th- it's there seems to be a, a wider range of of countries who uh, are, are kind of like a high level. No, it's, is it like in 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 the men's game? I think yeah. there's a handful of teams that have only ever won a World Cup yeah. going back since 1930. Yeah. Maybe that's like more. Um, but in the women's game, from what we've seen so far. Uh, not quite anyone can be anyone, but there seems to be more uh, varied countries um, who are at a high level. Some African teams, some uh, yeah. from from the states, for example. The United yeah. States were favourites, even though they lost in the, the quarters. Um, Sweden did remarkably well. So yeah, you do have a more of a and 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 despite that, there's still sort of controversies about uh, unfair payments. Some mm. of the teams struggling to to make it to the World Cup financially. So yeah. there is still. Uh, some uh, a gulf between the men's and the women's game, which will take some years, I guess, to uh, to close. Supporters in Gibraltar were nonetheless encouraged by how women's football had taken centre stage this summer. Oh, you know, it's bittersweet. England have lost, but um, and while that really hurts, I think you've got to look at the bigger picture and understand what it's done for women's football, and it's really put that on the map. And that's what I've really enjoyed. And I'm looking forward to seeing Gibraltar women's football at the GFA. You know, let's get behind them like we do behind the men's team and get them on the map too. England played well, but it just wasn't meant to be. Spain scored a good goal and couldn't do much about it, really. I mean, it's great for the representation they've got for women, especially after winning the last Euros. At the end of the day, it's football, it can go either way in the game. They had chances they couldn't capitalise. But I think the bigger picture here is, is what they've, they've brought to the table. There's a lot more awareness of women's football. People are really pushing the game to grow up. So I think that's that's the important thing, really. You see it when you're training, you see a lot, loads of younger girls. And essentially, in a couple of years, you're going to see them come up into the women's game as well. So that's really what we want. It was a very hard game as well. And Spain were a really good side. So uh, we did our best, to be honest. Obviously, the girls are as equal as the men. No? They need to have, be able to show themselves on the stage as they've shown themselves there on the stage today. Let them have it, let them have it more. And seriously, let's push it. Keep pushing it. Let's make it. Let's do it for the GFA here as well. Let's make it big. Let's support our women. 
talking about the fair now, which is in full swing. It was fogged over last night, but um, it's a week-long celebration of culture and community. There are rides, food, stalls, live entertainment every night. You'll bump into a few people that you haven't seen in a while. It's a good night out, isn't it, Seamus? It is, Jonathan. So it's been great two days at the fair, so let's keep it going for another seven. Excellent. Um, uh, welcome to Gibraltar Today, Cultural Services CEO Seamus Byrne, uh, the organisers of the fair together with uh, the Self-Determination for Gibraltar Group. So uh, a busy a busy period in, in recent days, no? It is, it is. Actually, it's a very busy period for, for six months because the whole process of of where we start with, with the actual land where we're going to set everything up is a six-month process, um, and then dealing with all the different departments and agencies that are that are involved as well. Um, and then most importantly is the health and safety aspect of the event, which leads us to a few hours before the start of the fair, on which, which happened on Saturday. I was thinking, is it, is it a slightly reduced footprint compared to last year? When I was no. there on Saturday, I was just trying to think of what happened, if there was anything, because now we've got the block, not the the, uh, the new um, uh, residential home. Yeah, um, no, well, the, the, the footprint is actually the same as last year. Um, we're very, very grateful to everybody who's made it possible, many different departments as well working with us, to ensure that we provide this at least the same as last year. I mean, sometimes you have to take a step back. No, again, we, all, we always want everything to be bigger and better bigger than the previous year. Bigger and better year. No, 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 but um, but you, you, or you can find ways of making it different and, yeah. and and more enjoyable. But it can't always be bigger. It's we're a small place. Um, but um, okay, so so tell us a little bit then about. Um, we, we've heard quite a lot of talk about uh, uh, some of the rides, in particular the uh, the, the new one. What uh, the experience? The experience. Uh, well, uh, Tamontau. The- uh, no, you know, my, my children, yes. Pero what did your children say? It's an amazing ride. It's an loved amazing it, ride. No? Yeah, they loved it. It's a, it's a new innovation this year. It's, it's, a, it's going to be a massive ride for for the fair. There are actually twenty rides. We try and cater fifty fifty for the different age groups. Um, fifty more geared to the younger children and fifty geared for the teenagers plus. Um, you have the normal ones, the bumper cars, um, the one that everybody likes, La Hoya. <laughs> you tell, you yeah, tell yeah. The, the, you tell the kids not to jump, they can carry on jumping, but well, <laughs> it's, they're amazing rides. You, you can get hurt, though, no? you've got to be careful. Well, yes, that's why we have put signs everywhere that, so that we're not liable for, for any injuries because there's <laughs> things that haven't been, happened in the past, no? But the experience, the experience is an amazing ride. It's, um, it's, it's really, really popular with all our teenagers and, and, and adults. And um, I think it, I hope it'll be uh, a ride that's going to come for them many more years to come. And safe, of course. Safety is safety is our priority. I think I need to make it known to all your listeners and your viewers that safety is paramount for for Gibraltar Cultural Services and the SDG as organisers. What happens in in Spain or in other fairs is that the uh, fair operators provide a certificate of safety to the organiser. Then they get there on the day or the day before. Switch on, set up, and the fair goes on. What happens in Gibraltar is they provide the certificate. Then on uh, Wednesday, when they start setting up, we have uh, four local uh, health and safety inspectors and engineers, which are responsible to certify that the attractions are um, British standards. We have a structural, electrical, mechanical, and general health and safety uh, engineers. And then what happens on Saturday is the inspections are carried out by these four gentlemen, together with a, um, a health and safety engineer from El Colegio de Universidad de Ingenieros in Huelva, um, that's very, very important for us, who certifies the attractions, that also certifies the work that our four engineers have done. So then that 
Um, we've got a certificate that the fair is safe to open. Good stuff. Uh, so people can, uh, if, if they are feeling brave, can take those rides <laughs> and, 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 and get the, the thrill. Um, yeah. I, I, did, uh, I did the Tarifa surf with my family, which is a, a it was slightly... Good, no? but it's good fun, it was no? good you, fun. You get, you get the sort of the butterflies, the butterflies. in <laughs> No, but it's really, really good fun for the whole family, whether you're enjoying the, the rides, whether you enjoy participating in, in the many charity stores that we have, um, taking supporting the basketball Gabba's got a stall. The Gibraltar National Dance Organization have got a stall with jumping castles. There's a, f- um, you can buy raffle tickets to, to win uh, the flowers, which is done by the Women's Health Group, a charity. Alliance also have got a tumbler. You can play darts with the Morocco Atlas charity. Um, and you can also play Lo Patito, no? Cuando éramos chicos nosotros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo Patito, which is run for more than 23 years. Yeah, because uh, before I arrived at the fair 23 years ago to organize it for the government, Yolanda Pilkinson from the Psychological Support Group was already there. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, long may she continue. Yes. Um, so, uh, and we've talked about uh, sort of the offerings generally, but there's also entertainment uh, at the Family Pavilion. Um, we, we spoke to, to, to Jordan and Jib Media. They do a great, uh, great job, don't they? Yes, they have. They have been doing it now for... For I think over a decade now, they've been running the family pavilion, and it's um, they provide uh, nine days of entertainment, uh, encompassing dance groups and different acts also that come from uh, the up the coast. Like the Abba Party it was amazing night last night with Abba Party, um, and then also loads of, loads of musicians were very very grateful also to the Musicians Association of Gibraltar, who support us with this, providing musicians, recommending as well um, the different acts that come on. We've got young people like played on Saturday with the Waves. It's an amazing group by um, Nicolas Olivero, Jesse Martinez, and Ryan Duo. Great group. We've got Bob of the Boys. We've got Della Slade, Adrian Pizzarello, and his band. So it's a great nine days of entertainment as well. We've got some comments coming through, Seamus, which I'll read out for you. Eddie says, How I love seeing the community come together and have a wonderful time at the fair. TJ says he thought it was wonderful. Everything looked so clean compared to the fairs that he's been in uh, in the UK, including the machinery itself. And he says everybody was dressed in their finest and looked to be thoroughly enjoying themselves. We had this conversation at home uh, on Saturday when we went because uh, we'd been out and we were in sort of you know uh, casual clothes <laughs> and, and and my daughter asked can, can we just go like this which, which we did in the end but we had a conversation <laughs> I gave a tea so no, I a lot of people do we no? can go in suit no no but people dress of... up nicely it's, yeah. a, it's a great day out for the family so you can go smart casual or or from the beach as long as the community enjoy with it and I take the comments of Eddie as well um, it's a community event and we want people to come out in the hundreds enjoy what we've we've prepared for them in the same way with the family pavilion and the fair itself but with all the events that we do now we're coming up with national week we've got national day and we want gibraltarians to come out in red and white or in the hundreds um, and then other events that happen throughout the year which we organize for the government i've got a couple of uh, uh, comments which might make you think a little bit harder unfortunately Seamus, but i'll put them to you because i'm sure you can deal with them uh, ivana thinks that the music was a bit too loud especially for her little children uh, three grandchildren who uh, are nearly three with their hands covering their ears all of the time one of them was in his pram and he was so scared of the noise would you consider lowering the volume until maybe a little bit later um, so that uh, everyone can enjoy it and and we should say that there that, that there is a, a silent hour and three quarters now no yeah, seven we, we until ha- 8 45 no we have um this doesn't happen in spain either um, I think it happens only for a few hours, one day a week in La Línea. 
but we have the sensory adaptation which which helps um, people who are affected with noise and, and lights to enjoy the fair. The rest is the same. So we've got about two hours a day. Um, but but taking that comment also on board, I agree. Sometimes the the, the noise is a bit louder than usual. What well, we've done um, with a noise with the noise managers as well and and health and safety inspectors is asking people to lower the music as well. Um, like I think you want, but, like, but what is what is what is what is good thing from our Gibraltar fair is that we are in um, we work with Radio Gibraltar and all rides are synchronized. It's not like you go to a Spanish fair and everybody's on blasting their own music from their own speakers. So we're already working on that. We hope to lower it a bit uh, tonight also a bit from nine till ten, especially because GBC are going to be there live too. <laughs> but we're always trying to cater for everybody in the community so that everybody can enjoy it. Because it, it, I was there from for the transition from sort of yeah. uh, silence to, to to music, and and uh, a few of the comments among friends and stuff was like maybe a happy medium, you know, where yeah. it comes in but maybe yeah, not true. quite so loud so soon. So it's correct. But, it's uh, correct. But anyway, this is uh, find a happy medium medium between quarter to nine and. Maybe nine quarter past nine, nine thirty. Exactly, and then at nine thirty. Yeah, and one more to, to put to you, Seamus. Um, uh, Carol says that um, I think she really enjoys the fair, but it's a shame. She says that getting around in a mobility scooter or a wheelchair is so hard because the the se- the surface is so uneven. Uh, she says, "Is there any chance of sorting this, please?" At this late stage, is very very difficult to sort out um, because the when you we've been trying to look at it, especially outside La Hoya, um, it's called a scandal. Um, that that is a, the I think one of the worst surfaces that we have. But now at this stage, when the attractions come in and are set up, it's difficult for us to put a layer of cement because it won't dry um, as quickly as we want it for people to enjoy the fair. But we hope that uh, next year, whether it's at the same venue or in a new venue, um, everything will be even surfaces and everybody can have a mobi- same mobility for everybody. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar Today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.